from the Merck Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app at KBLA 1580. Download the app and listen to us live anywhere in the world in real time. But only by downloading the app right now at KBLA 1580. And should you miss us any day in real time, uh, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the podcast of this program and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And let me invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today. In our second hour, Eric Braden, perhaps better known as the iconic Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless, has announced that he has cancer in real life. And just as his famed character has lived his life out loud for over 40 seasons on Y&R, Eric Braden has been bold, courageous, and transparent about his cancer diagnosis and his dance with mortality. He joins us live in studio in hour two to talk about his health challenge. And knowing Eric as I do, plenty of politics as well. Actor Eric Braden joins us live in studio today in hour two. In our third hour, can we reshape the history of American classical music by embracing its diversity origins and composers of color. And what happens when classical music intersects with an activism that challenges its normalized narrative? Classical agitator Garrett McQueen joins us in our three today for what promises to be a rich dialogue. He is director of artist equity for the American Composers Orchestra, and we'll talk with Garrett McQueen in our three about decolonizing classical music. But we commence today's program with this. I moved to a fancy neighborhood because I have money now. Um, you heard them clapping for me because the people who know me know that I have money now. So, listen, this, this diverse Mexican-esque white crowd is like, yo no sé, I, yo, yo no sé. Muy linda though, very, muy bonita, muy, muy bonita. I went to Tijuana the other day for like a humanitarian mission. And my man, when we were like with a lot of white girls and I just thought, I was like, we feel way safer than we should feel. And it's because we had been immersed in the privilege. Like, cause white girls walk through everywhere. Like we're here and we're safe. We're here and we're safe. Everybody loves us. And they're not wrong. <laughs> There's white girls in here like, I know, right? Do you know my dad? White girls are walking into Fallujah. They're like, Taliban, Shmaliban. <laughs> We welcome back to this program media, multimedia magnate, uh, actress, producer, writer, comedian, social justice advocate. And since she was last on this program now, 
syndicated radio host, Amanda Seals. Amanda <laughs> Seals, I ain't mad at you, girl. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. I should have given you all a clip from Smart, Funny, and Black because that's what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about it. We got a whole... I didn't. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's the clip they gave. No, I didn't know that's the clip they gave you. How you doing, Tabby? Hey, I, I'm not even sure they gave it to us. You, you got a body of work. We got a bunch of clips we could play in this hour. I mean, you 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 <laughs> you at that point of your career now, but you have a body of work, so we can pull clips <laughs> from a whole lot of stuff you've done before. Uh, first of all, I am doing well. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. So I'm I'm glad to be here and glad to have you on. Glad we have an hour to talk about uh, smart, funny, and black, and 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 your syndicated radio program and all all kinds of other issues. I'm sure uh, that are trending that you have uh, thoughts and opinions on but let me start with this um so as i mentioned a moment ago since you were last year you got your own radio program now you are syndicated nationally uh i sent you a text of course when i saw the news congratulating you so happy for you how's the experience coming along how do you, how do you like being syndicated in radio every day thank you first and foremost uh i love it oh, i think uh once upon a time my only vision for having my own show was within the TV space. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was just because that was the space that I was in. And um, when this opportunity was brought my way by Radio One and Reach Media, I originally, because they've come to me about this a few times, and I originally was just like, yeah, I'm not doing radio. I'm doing TV. I'm doing TV. I'm doing TV. Mm -hmm. And this time when they came to me, uh, my, my, my scope had changed my point of view had changed my perspective had shifted in terms of you know what really mattered most to me and i think once upon a time it seemed like ability only existed in one way and what i've come to really understand is that it's really about having the creative freedom mm -hmm. and having the support the true support of a machine i think some people think you know you just you go somewhere and they have a big name and that support. But real support is when that big name really supports your voice. They bring you in to be you, you know, not to just be some type of vehicle for them. And that's what it's been like at Reach Media and Radio One. I have never had such a positive uh, professional experience in my life. I am allowed to, I don't even like the word allowed. I am encouraged mm -hmm. to be my full self on the air uh, to create the vision of the show that I want to. Uh, they support my uh, ad my social justice advocacy. They encourage me to be um, subversive. And it's really been dope just learning this other space that I had never really been in, which is uh, syndicated radio. And I love that, you know, radio is a medium that just won't quit. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, there, it's a mainstay. And I think a lot of people... Uh, kind of get wrapped up in the TV thing, not realizing that media is king, radio has been here, and it's still here for a reason. And so it's actually become a way more powerful medium for me than I ever could have imagined. Yeah, that's why I've done radio and TV for for the balance of my career. <laughs> I've always done both. Uh, and um, I, I appreciate uh, the value that both bring uh, to the work and witness that I'm trying to engage, at least. You said a few things I want to unpack as we move through this hour. Let me start with this right quick and we'll move forward here. Um, for those who've not heard the syndicated radio program, how would you, you, you talked about uh, your bosses encouraging you to be yourself. I want to talk later about creative freedom and about what it means to mm -hmm. be subversive in this culture words you've already put out so we'll unpack that later but how would you define and describe the show for those who've not heard it as yet 
Uh, the Amanda Seals Show is really going to give you laughs and facts. I mean, every day we give you a healthy dose of politics as well as pop culture. We talk about, you know, conversations that are happening in the zeitgeist around relationships, around parenting, around uh, voting, etc. So we really try to give a 360 picture of what it is being black in America. And uh, we do that through humor and we do that through information. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't expect from syndicated radio is that you're going to get actual information. It's not just going to be skits and making uh, fun of celebrities. I don't find that to be necessary or valuable, particularly where we are in this world right now. I want to continuously with my show, not only inform, but also revitalize. And that's really something I'm trying to do with all of my shows. Like I want you to listen to my radio show and not only get invigorated uh, to like learn more information about what's going on around us and how you can be a change agent, but also be able to laugh and take a break mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Right. So have that balance. And that's something that we make a point of doing every week. Uh, Thursdays, we spend the whole day just talking about different topics and really just engaging with the audience in that way. And then we Friday is Friday. Mm-hmm. No bad news on Friday. Okay. <laughs> If a shooting happened on Friday, y'all gonna have to hear about it somewhere else. We ain't talking about it on Friday. We're not doing it. If somebody die on Friday, we talking about it on Monday, Tavis. We're not doing it. Friday is all about good vibes every hour. We have a black joy story on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, we do my segment, Things I Learned This Week on Fridays. I mean, it really, so, you know, I'm consciously creating a space where folks can listen, laugh, and learn. Yeah. So I, that's our motto. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's not quite Friday, but we're going to have a great time in this hour with Amanda Seals. Um, she is uh, in town because uh, tomorrow night, this Thursday, um, her Smart, Funny, and Black show is at the Novo here in Southern California. So if you're in Southern California, you can get here between now and tomorrow night. Um, you can uh, enjoy what's going to be a fun evening, Smart, Funny, and Black, this Thursday at the Novo here in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that when we come forward, but a great deal more to unpack. Uh, whenever Amanda's around, there's a whole lot of stuff to talk about. And since she's on KBLA Talk 1580, you know how we do it around here. We got a lot to talk about. Listening to Tavis Smiley and Amanda Seals on KBLA Talk 1580. Glad to have her for the hour. Uh, she is in town for Smart, Funny, and Black this Thursday at the Novo. We'll talk more about that as we move through uh, this hour. Uh, but Amanda, you said a couple things already. I want to give you a chance to in, un- unpack for me. Um, for you, and this is a conversation that's, that's broader than just what you do or what I do, uh, but this notion of creative freedom. I was in a conversation on this program the other day. Uh, with a brilliant scholar, we had a deep dialogue about the distinction, the difference between being liberated and being free. They're not really the same thing, but it was just a deep conversation about liberation versus freedom. But to this notion of creative freedom, uh, or in Hollywood, they call it creative license. For you, what does creative freedom actually mean? Creative freedom for me means being able to lead with my creative instincts and my own brilliance and have collaborative support versus mitigated, mm. <laughs> uh, versus mitigated, um, what I'm looking for, uh, why am I blanking right now? I'm blanking and we can't have dead air on the radio. I do not want to be micromanagement. Mitigated micromanagement. There you go. There you That's go. what I do not want to be. That's what I do not want. Mitigated micromanagement. And what a lot of people uh, who are creative 
you know, what we sign up for is that we are going to be in commercial spaces mm. where, sure, we may get our voice, you know, heard or our vision put on display, but we are going to have to go through so many filters that have nothing to do with the actual vision that we've created and more so with the financial or the political vision of the place that has given us the license to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I-, I commend the folks who uh, sign up for that and, and, and really push through and are able to make it to the other side. But I realized uh, that that wasn't for me. Yep. Um, to your point, and you've always been open and transparent with me about this, so let me just let me press a little further here. What have you learned then in your career thus far about the way the industry, I'm using my air quotes, you can't see me right now unless you're watching on the live <laughs> stream, uh, the way the industry, the way Hollywood uh, oftentimes tends to stifle that kind of creative freedom. I mean, my story is simply this. Throughout my entire career, the reason why I have owned and operated everything that I've done for the most of my career is because early on I figured out um, that Hollywood, the industry, the talk business, the radio industry, the TV business didn't know what to do with me. When you are black and you are male and you are smart, I mean, I literally, I, you know, I, after, after, after three or four times, let me just back up. After three or four times of taking what they call in this industry pitch meetings, I stopped doing it. I can't handle a pitch meeting. And the reason is because I couldn't stand going into a meeting. They all they all wanted to meet me. Let's 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 talk to this guy, Travis Smiley. Let's get Travis in here. <laughs> so you come in, they call you Travis, they ain't got your name correct, but you, you sit for these meetings, mostly with white people, of course, across the side of the table, and you're you're there to have a conversation and after I heard this following line three or four times, I told my person, I can't do this ever again. I had an agent for like three months. I dropped my agent in 30 plus years of what I consider a very blessed career. I've never had an agent except for the first few months. And the reason is simply this. In those meetings, I heard them say to me repeatedly, so so what do you think we can do with you? <laughs> what, 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 what do you think we can do with you? And that phrase turned me off in a way that I can't even define or describe even all these years yeah. later. Because it was clear to me that because I was black and male and smart, they didn't know what yeah. to do. If I were a comedian, it might be different. If I were an athlete, the owner of the team wouldn't say, "What can we do with you?" But if you're smart, you're male, and you're uh, and 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 you walk into a room with some white folk, oftentimes they just don't know what to do with you. That, that's my story. But so I, I learned long ago that that was not the place for me to express my own sort of creative freedom. And so I started on this journey to own and to operate everything I do. Prince encouraged me to do that. And that's why we own this radio station and all things that I've done, I've been able to control. That's my story. But now I want to hear yours. What's your story about the way in which you've seen Hollywood and the industry sort of stifle or attempt at least, attempt, because you obviously doing your thing, but attempt to stifle your creative freedom? I mean, well, first I think I would remove the gender part from that because I think simply just being black and brilliant puts them on pause. Fair enough, uh, fair enough, I fair think, enough. I think if you, if you walk into a room and you are overtly black, right? So not just your skin, but your character, your, your existence, your, your creativity is grounded in that. That's the first thing that gives them pause because that is the first thing that for many folks feels like, oh, I don't relate to that. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of being able to identify, oh, 
oh, this is someone who is authentically grounded in their voice, and that is how we should be interacting with them in a commercial space. It's not about whether or not I can relate to their eating black <laughs> black eyed peas on New Year's. It's about <laughs> the fact that they it's the fact that they know why they eat black eyed peas mm-hmm. on New Year's, and that they can communicate that to their audience. So the first thing that happens in all of these rooms is that disconnect. And I've had exactly the same experience as you in terms of me and pitch meetings and me saying, you know what? I am done. Good to see you. Because what happens in that pitch meeting is you feel like you're there to peddle your wares. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I am not a merchant <laughs> of my brilliance. Like at the end of the day, I'm also oftentimes, and you can agree with this, in a room with people who are not as smart as me. Mm-hmm who are not as educated, mm-hmm. who are not as, uh, ex- whose, whose intellect is not as expansive. So even the conversation can't happen at the level that it needs to be because they can't even, they're not capable of being there. So now before you even get the check, you're dumbing yourself down just to try and get them on board. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. That feels like a waste of my time. And it made me say, there's got to be a better way. And that was a difficult transition, too, because there's so much uh, effort made to think that there's only one way to engage in this type of work, right? Mm -hmm. That if you don't go through the channels that are already set up in terms of studios and networks and agents, that you cannot make your own way, which is we absolutely know to be wholly untrue. I originally had the normal setup that they give you in in, uh, Los Angeles, which is, you have an you go to an agency and then they give you a bunch of agents at that agency. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they all sit around a table and they all tell you, I'ma do this and I'ma do this and I'ma do this and they ain't gonna do none of that, by the way. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, you know I mean they're just not. Like they maybe one or two, but the rest of them, you know, they just sitting there smiling at you and <laughs> jotting down notes. You don't never hear from them again. Yeah. You know, it's the same with same with managers. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, it's it's like that Twister and Kanye song, Let me be your manager. You know, you're just like, I just don't know what we're doing here. Uh, I feel like I'm just giving you money to try and uh, not have to think about things. And I want to think about things. So I learned also, Tavis, I ain't the type to be managed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, not, I'm just not that type. So I had to also change my thinking and stop looking at myself as a talent and look at myself as a business. And that also changed the way that I uh, interacted with the people. And so, for instance, Instead of having all these agents at one place, which is not, it doesn't make sense, I ended up saying, I just want to work with who I work with, Mm -hmm. who I rock with. So I have agents at various agencies. I have one agent in a specific field at one agency. I have another agent in a specific field at another agency. And we have built relationships over the years that are really rooted in them understanding that I am an artist that cares about ethics first. I am not going to do nothing just for money. I've I've become, I've been very fortunate to find myself in a position where I simply don't have to do that. And at this point, I'm far more interested in doing work that speaks to and affects the community than work that is going to elevate my Hollywood profile. Mm. There's a lot there. Let me start unpacking some of that. Um, If they can't handle you when you walk in the room just because you're smart and black, I take your point about taking the gender out. We will. We'll script that out. So if they can't handle you walking (laughs) in the room because you're you're, you're just smart and black, then how then do they handle your subversive nature? You used that word earlier. Uh, If they can't handle one, how can they handle the other? 
They, I mean, they can't. I mean, I think in their minds, they're always trying to figure out, well, how do we corral this? How do we tame this? Mm. Right? How do we turn this into a product? I had a lunch the other day with a lovely sister um, who is in a very prominent position in this industry. And she was saying to me, you know, I think about you all the time. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah, because I think to myself, why hasn't a vehicle been identified for this woman? Like, why haven't they figured out where to, as you would say, what to do with her? Um, and I said, because no one has ever been interested in actually working with me. You know, they're actually just trying to figure out how do I fit into some square peg that's already identified. I asked, and on the flip side, I had a sister who was an agent say to me, so Amanda, how would you, um, who would you compare yourself to? Like, who is somebody that's come before that you would say is, is a representation of you? And I was like, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think I can name someone. Um, I think there's people who have like different elements, mm -hmm. but ultimately, like as an individual, I think uh, I, I, I'm having a hard time. And she was like, oh, well, see, that's the problem right there. And I was like, why is that a problem? And she said, it's a problem because if no one has come before you that's like you and has been successful, then there's no reason to believe that you would be successful. I fired her that day. Mm. Um, but <laughs> the type of conversations that you have, and it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of self-love and of support to really say, I am going to stick to my guns. And so that's what I love about being at Radio One because they brought me on. They wanted me to be Amanda. Mm -hmm. They brought me on because they wanted me to be a tool in their tool belt that just was responding to whatever they need me to do. They brought me on because they see me as my full self as a tool in their tool belt. And they understand that me getting uh, me being, as you said, free in the space is the best way for me to operate. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. I've got news, traffic, and sports in about 40 seconds. We'll do that and continue our conversation. Uh, Amanda Seals is in town for her Smart, Funny, and Black event tomorrow, Thursday at the Novo. Uh, I want to keep saying that throughout the hour for those who want to get tickets Thanks. at the last minute to, um, to, to see Amanda tomorrow night. Again, Smart, Funny, and Black this Thursday at the Novo if you're lucky enough to be in Southern California. But when we come forward... As you were talking, I'm thinking about this, um, and I'll tell you more after news, traffic, and sports, but I'm wondering out loud here whether or not it is possible to be black and brilliant and subversive and succeed wildly. Can you be, in this moment, black and brilliant and also be subversive in your approach, in your style, and succeed wildly? I can think right now of a whole lot of white folk who are brilliant and subversive, and they've wildly succeeded. Can you do that with melanin in your skin? We'll talk about that in a great deal more when we come forward with our guest in this hour. Amanda Seals, smart, funny, and black at the Novo. This Thursday, you're listening to Amanda right now on KBLA Talk 15. I'm Tavis Smiley, and I'm glad to have you tuned in this hour. Our guest uh, in this hour is Amanda Seals, who's in town for her smart, funny, and black event this Thursday at the Novo. We'll talk about that uh, in more detail in a moment here. Uh, but uh, Amanda, because you're a syndicated radio host now, you know something that I've known for years, which is that sometimes the best part of your show can happen during the breaks. So you talk to your team, <laughs> you're talking to your crew. So we were just having a spirited conversation. JD, my producer, Miles, my board op, you met them when you came in the studio before. 
we were just having a spirited conversation about that question, whether or not you can be black and brilliant and subversive like Amanda Seals and succeed wildly. And we were putting together a list of the white folk who we've seen do that. And then we started thinking, well, who's black, who's brilliant and subversive and has been allowed or uh, to, to, to succeed? Uh, let, me, let me scrap that word allowed. You, you scrapped it earlier. I'll scrap it now. But they've been subversive and they succeed wildly. So let me hear your take first. And I'll tell you what we, what we were talking about here in the studio. Um, well, first of all, I think, you know, succeed wildly is subjective, right? So first I want to get, like, what do you consider to be the criteria for someone succeeding wildly? Mm-hmm. No, we, we said that. We, we, that was, I, I, we, we were talking moments ago, and I said, I, I, I'm pretty sure Amanda's going to say, well, it depends how you define success. And I take your point. My definition may not be your definition. Um, but um, we just lost a, a Amanda's phone line. We'll get her back in a second here. I'm um, sure she'll call right back. Uh, I figured Amanda might say that. It depends on, on how you define success. And I believe that success is what each of us determines it to be. Uh, someone once told me that, um, that the highest reward for your effort is not even what you receive for it, but who you become by it. Uh, the highest reward for your effort is not what you receive for it, but who you become by, who you become in the process. So there's so many ways to define what it means to be successful. So, Amanda, you're back. I take your point that my definition of success may not be your definition of success. But, for example, Bill Maher, just one example. Bill Maher is brilliant in his own way. Obviously, he's a white male. He's always subversive, and he's been wildly successful on HBO. And he's just one example. I can give others other examples of that. And I'm just wondering whether or not that kind of stature is available to black people who are just as brilliant, just as subversive, and and can succeed wildly in that way in this business. Um, you know, to be honest, I think that no, I don't think so. Mm. Because I think I think if I think, but even like Bill Maher, right? subversive but he's also been incredibly problematic Mm -hmm. right like he i don't think i've ever heard john stewart say anything that's made me be like oh mm, let me side eye you whereas like bill maher i mean i have seen him consistently say things that make me say this is not an ally this is this is not a co-conspirator this is a contrarian and so he's not he's not actually um He's only subversive in the fact that he is willing or, you know, interested in challenging concepts that may be already agreed upon. But he will do that even if the topic is something like reparations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this should not be a con- this should not be an argument. <laughs> There's no reason to to have a quote unquote devil's advocate point of view in this conversation. But like that's where he will take his. But stance, John, but right? John, but, but to your point, John. So. Stu- but to your point though, John Stewart is another example. He's been he, he's brilliant. He's white. He's obviously subversive. He's been wildly successful so much so he walked away from the show making tons of money. He said, oh, "I've had enough of this." He he'd made so much money, he walked away. So there are, again tons of examples of that so, in white, but not in black. So what I will also say though is that um, people who have gone through the system. And it is a lot harder uh, and sometimes not even really available to black folks to go through the same Hollywood system, Mm -hmm. to get into writer's rooms, 
to be uh, offered positions on camera, et cetera. You know, those things are commonly just not given to us because the thought process is, oh, they're not going to get it or our audience is not interested in seeing them. I mean, we love Trevor Noah, but they didn't even get a black American to host the Daily Show. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love Trevor Noah, and I think that he was able to really find his niche with that show, he had to every single day convince these white people in the office that what he was saying needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so I I think that a lot of times our our or our opportunity to get to that point is not even presented to us. Um, And I think that the folks that make it even to some version of that are typically comics and those, and and comics who have gone by nature of the field of comedy, you end up going somewhat of an independent route. So when we look at like the Dave Chappelle's, we look at the Chris, Chris rocks, you know, we, we look at these folks and we say, okay, well, what about them? I just named two people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, but, but my version of success, Tavis, is really simply just being able to make my work without having to ask permission. Yes. And being able to support those around me without having to stress. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I would not be able, I don't think I would have been able to do that without having taken some part in going through the system. You know, being on Insecure is an example of being a part of the system. You're a part of the Hollywood system, right? Right. right. You are on a show that's on a network. You don't get no say in nothing. You sign away your freedom to do whatever you want in the duration of being on that show. A lot of people don't know that. When you get on a show like that, you sign a contract that says that they have to give you permission to do other things. Mm-hmm. You don't just you don't just get to continue doing what you want to do. Uh, you know that's part of what the WGA is striking about right now. That's right. Is that when you're a writer when you're a writer on these shows, they say, well, you can't write for nothing else, and you're like, yeah, but I'm only writing for two months. What are y'all trying to do to me? Mm-hmm. So I had to give up some of that to get it back. So I think, and I think, and I, this is the part that a lot of people may not want to hear. A lot of us as black folks, we are very short-sighted in that journey. Mm. And we will oftentimes get in our own way of understanding the exchange that has to be given, kind of like the two steps back to go forward, you know, mm-hmm. the the pouring into someone else, right, to get the opportunity to be able to do your own thing. We are so often obsessed with this idea of, ownership and I need to be on top of my, it needs to be about me first that we forget that there are other, uh, there are other, I, I, there are other examples of currency beyond money Yeah, that you can use to advance yourself. And so for me, I, I had to learn that and I'm really honestly proud of myself because at a certain point I decided, okay, enough. Yeah. You did you did what you needed to do and now it's time for you to build your own your own space, your own headquarters and um and now I have a a harmony that I've created where you know I work for them a little bit so I can work for me a lot. 
Yep, there you go. I love it. Work for them a little bit, work for yourself a lot. Uh, I was laughing to myself, and you mentioned uh, those two names, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. And as we all know, this does not require any unpacking. And uh, with, with regard to Dave Chappelle specifically, when Dave got too subversive for them, they tried to cut him out, tried to cut him down. So even when you're Dave Chappelle, you can get to a point where they find you a bit too subversive, and even they come after you whoever they are, as Dave once yeah. said. So I digress on that point. When we come forward, we'll talk about Smart, Funny, and Black uh, this Thursday at the Novo. And Amanda said, Amanda always says things that make me think. That's why I love her. Uh, but she, she mentioned earlier this notion of, of, of ethics first. Uh, and it's not often that you hear that, uh, particularly in this business. <laughs> in this business, folks don't know what the word ethics even means. But Amanda brings forth uh, this notion and creates this frame of leading with ethics first, whatever she does creatively, ethics first. We'll talk about that as well when we come forward. I guess Amanda Seals on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Let's get back to Amanda Seals on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Amanda, I want to talk in a moment about this notion of ethics first, but tell me about Smart, Funny, and Black at the Novo. So Smart, Funny, and Black is my black culture comedy game show that I've been doing since twenty sixteen. And I always say it's a combination between an HBCU homecoming, a revival, and a cookout. It really is. <laughs> that, that's really what it is. We got a live band called The Clapback. And on the surface, it's a game show where we bring two black icons together to play games that test our knowledge of black culture, black history, and the black experience that I've created. To tomorrow, our uh, we call them black spurts. Tomorrow, all black experts are Jalil White, mm. famously known for his work on Family Matters, versus Wayne Brady. So Ooh. you know it's going to be a show <laughs> because Wayne alone is going to give you music, dance, yeah. rapping, whatever you need. Uh, and so basically the show is what I consider to be a revitalization space. I call it a soul spa mm. because when you come to a Smart, Funny, and Black show, you're going to sing. You're going to dance. We have a moment in the show called the Black Barbecue Moment. You never know when it's going to happen, but when it does, the band starts playing before I let go, and everybody stands up, and we all do the electric slide in the venue. We start the show with Lift Every Voice and Sing. We end the show with SWV Week. <laughs> I mean, it's, and in the middle of that, in the middle of that, we're going to laugh, we're going to learn, and really just have a good old Black ASS time. And I think that a time now where this nation is no longer hiding it's no longer pretending that things have changed in terms of its tolerance or its acceptance or its uh embracing of black folks as true members of this culture so we have to fight to retain that for ourselves and my goal tavis is i want this to be the last ticketed show for smart funny and black my goal is that by next year latest that smart funny and black is a free show that is available to the community. Mm. And I'm, I got to either get sponsors or patrons or partners to make this happen. But that is my goal. We need these spaces and they should not be controlled by capitalism. And I want to be able to be offer. I want to be able to offer this space up to folks the way that people are able to go to church for free. Mm. I want they be, I want them to be able to come to this space as well for free. So that's something that I'm, I'm really focused on making happen. We're actually going to do two free shows in Nashville on June 17th with the National Musician with the National Museum of African American Music, um, and those shows are going to be a part of their Juneteenth celebrations for the weekend, and they will also be live streamed. So you can go to AmandaSeals.com uh, 
get information about when we're going to post that information next week, but to get information about how to live stream that show. And I'm doing those two shows for free in Nashville, uh, basically as a gift to, to the people of Nashville who really worked so hard. And hopefully the people of Memphis will drive on over who worked so hard uh, to really bring those, the brothers, Justin representative, Justin Dave yes. Pearson and Justin Jones back into office. And we see, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention, but Tennessee is really trying to give Mississippi a run for its money. Um, <laughs> and I know that the people are tied. They tied, Terrence. They tied. And so I said, let me bring my show there so we can, you know, kind of give people a, a little bit of a rally, a, 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 an energy boost to get back in the game because that's what happens. And I think so many of us don't realize that when we look at the civil rights movement, we look at the leaders that we have now you know, iconized and, and some, in some ways deified, mm-hmm. uh, we, we don't realize that living lives, like they didn't wake up every single day to march. They couldn't, you know, they, they still had to go to work. People had to get their energy back up. You know, when we see pictures of Martin Luther King on vacation in Jamaica, it's like, yeah, because at the end of the day, we are flesh and blood yeah. and we get worn out. We yeah. got to get that energy back because the fight continues. Well, kudos to you for doing those free shows in uh, in, in Tennessee. And uh, as we say around here, we always bet on black. Uh, and when that black person is Amanda Seals, I would never bet against her. So I am confident in the in the months and years to come, those shows will be free. Uh, tomorrow night is not, but it's in L.A. And you should check it out. Smart, funny, and black at the Novo here in L.A. tomorrow. And before we come forward and talk about ethics first and our remaining moments with Amanda Seals, uh, I'm a music lover, as you all know, and there's some great bands. There's some great bands with some great names. Um, uh, the Raylettes were Ray's background singers. Uh, Wonder Love was Stevie's background singers. The Love Unlimited Orchestra, Barry White. Uh, but you can't fade Amanda Seals with the clapbacks. I digress. We'll continue when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Smart, funny, and black here tomorrow night, Thursday at the Novo, starring Amanda Seals and the two combatants tomorrow night, uh, Jaleel White uh, and Wayne Brady. Should be a lot of fun. Amanda, I got three minutes left in this hour. Thank you for the hour, by the way. Uh, you got your own show to do, and giving me an hour is uh, very gracious of you. Uh, let me close by asking um, uh, you to unpack a bit more in these last few minutes about what you meant when you said earlier that uh, that with whatever uh, work and witness you are engaged uh, whatever your creative uh, exploits are, it's always about ethics first. And I close on that note because I, I believe that what you're about to tell us is instructive and informative um, and inspiring for all of us, no matter what field we are in. So talk to me about leading with ethics first. You know, for me, it's not about just uh, this idea of how can I get more money or how can I get more visibility or how can I get more, right? Just this word more. For me, it really is always thinking about, is this the best version of capitalism that I can do? How do I make this piece of work that I'm doing serve my community as well as serve myself simultaneously? And there's a checks and balances that I think about when I do that, when I make those decisions. And my team, my agents, my team within the Smart Funding Black Productions, they also understand that as well. It's never okay for me to do something that is going to diminish my integrity. And it's also never okay for me to do something that I knowingly understand is going to diminish the integrity of my people, of Black folks. And though, of course, we we are not infallible, sometimes we may misstep, etc., that is always how I lead. And so I'm always trying to figure out and find ways, Tavis, 
to create the support system financially that we and also create a support system uh, intellectually and emotionally in the work that I'm doing, because I know that in order for us to continue to fight, it's going to take more than just money. It's going to take so. Nope. Powerful point. Um, I love brilliant black women, uh, and I always enjoy um, <laughs> talking to <laughs> Amanda Seals. So, for instance, for yeah. instance, something that we did with this Smart, Funny, and Black show, right. something that we did with this Smart, Funny, and Black show is we actually pooled money from all over the nation. We had people donate to create a pool of money where we could provide 140 free tickets to folks to come to Smart, Funny, and Black, because we know that inflation has hit people hard. We know that the pandemic hit people hard, but we also know that everybody deserves to see this show. So people who couldn't come to LA were still able to support Smart, Funny, and Black by donating. And I want to shout out authors like Resma Menachem. I want to shout out the winery um, Brown Estate. Uh, I want to shout out executive producer Jesse Collins because they, they all donated a significant amount of money to this fund. But I also want to shout out all the individuals who had donated $5, $10, and $20 simply because they were like, you know what, we understand what you're trying to do and we want to be a part of something good. And I think the part of the ethics is creating spaces for people to do that. You're a good sister, Amanda Seals. You're a good sister. The show is smart, funny, and black <laughs> this Thursday at the Novo. Congratulations yes. in Get advance. Get your tickets at amandaseals.com. Get they, your tickets at amandaseals.com. We got it. Uh, have a great show tomorrow night. I'm sure we'll be uh, all that and then some. Amandaseals.com for tickets to Smart, Funny, and Black Thursday at the Novo. Amanda, congrats on all your good work, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. And if you want to come to the show, text me. You I, got a ticket I, or I, two. I love you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye, babe. Okay, bye-bye. That's our one of Tavis Smiley. Uh, after news, traffic, and sports, Eric Braden, Victor Newman is in the house, uh, very uh, open and transparent about his cancer diagnosis. We'll talk about that and a great deal more when we come forward uh, on KBS.